Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 654 with the Emic Sisters. What she kept doing is rising up, leading with her heart, and um, believing in herself and believing in those around her. And I think that we carry that with us for sure. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. It doesn't get easier than Cake. Cake is the point of sale built for restaurants that's easy to set up and use. With cloud-based access from any device, 24-7 customer support, and a lifetime access to Cake University, how could you not love Cake? To learn more about Cake point of sale, head over to trycake.com slash unstoppable. And because you're a restaurant unstoppable listener, you will save $750 off activation. Again, that's trycake.com slash unstoppable. Unstoppable. Here is a statistic for you. 89% of all guests will research a restaurant online before dining out. So you've got to start thinking about how you can extend your in-house hospitality and attention to detail to the online world. Bento Box is a great place to start. They will develop a restaurant website that not only leaves lasting impressions with your guests, but also provides hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online and guests into your restaurant. Sign up today at Get. Bento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. Get on it. For years, restaurant owners have been pleading for more integration in their restaurants, and they finally got it. Restaurant 365 is a cloud-based, all-in-one, restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with POS systems, payroll providers, and food and beverage vendors. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and a free inventory build in Restaurant 365, a value of $5,000. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guests, Jessica, Jill, and Jennifer Emick. Are you two, three, are all three of you feeling unstoppable today? Unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> unstoppable. Oh, all right. That's what we like to hear. So triplets, Jessica, Jill, and Jennifer Emick. Am I saying your name correctly? Emick, right? Correct. I said yeah. it wrong when I got here. Now I'm all worried. Came into the world in order in in that order uh, by way of New Jersey. All three would go to attend the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Two of the three sisters got degrees in a hotel and restaurant management, while Jennifer focused on elementary ed, which I'm sure has served you in the restaurant industry every day uh, yeah. with that front of the house uh, eventually the sisters found their way to boulder colorado uh, in 2000 they opened their first restaurant trilogy wine bar which had a successful nine-year run before they sold in 2009 after a, after three years away from the industry the sisters decided it was time to open their second restaurant shine restaurant and potion bar also in boulder colorado on top of this the sisters have also opened their own brewery, uh, their beer brewery, Herbal Beverage Company. Uh, they've written cookbooks, and they are also uh, running their own special events under the, Sh- the Shine Sister brand. You've got a lot going on. I cannot wait to dive into your stories to find out how you got to where you are today. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Tap into your magic. Tap into your magic. Dive into that and how it resonates with what you're doing here at Shine. 
Shine is really all about um, bringing exactly who you are. We always say to people, you be you. This is what we, um, you know, being triplets and looking very similar to each other. Part of our journey has been really tapping into who we are as individuals. And in finding that in ourselves, it's really um, had us encourage people to do it with themselves as well. Yeah. We all say we all have our own unique voices as part of this big, beautiful symphony. And so we all have to tap into that magic within and bring it. The world needs each of us. I love it. Do you want to add on to that at all? Well, I mean, I think a lot of the magic comes in from thinking outside of the box. And we do it. We beat to our own drum and we do it with passion and love. And that's what... uh, I think attracts people to our places and our businesses and our brand. Beautiful. I cannot wait uh, to unpackage that more. I'm sure we will as the the story goes on. So where does it make sense to start telling your story? When did you guys know that the restaurant industry was going to be your path? Who wants to take that first? So I think it's... This is Jill on the mic. This is Jill on the mic. Um, We come from a lineage of very strong women and we come from a lineage of a huge family Our mom was one of 12 kids, and so our grandmother raised 12 children, and she was also a real estate mogul back in the day, I mean, in the 50s, and she um, was this amazing powerhouse, and she was a huge inspiration to the three of us, as well as our mom, who was also in real estate and always had her own business and her own companies and raised triplets, as well as our brother, who um, is mentally and physically disabled, and He's been a huge teacher to us, which is a whole nother story. And so just watching the women in our family, and they've all built their own companies. They've all built themselves from scratch. They've all beat to their own drums. And I think it's been just such an inspiration to us to just freaking go for it. That's awesome. Give me something like specific, any one of you, um, something that your mom taught you. I know that's a loaded question because we learned so much from our parents. But how do you think she has most, like, what characteristics, what attributes does she have that has most Im- imprinted on the three of you? Or individually, you can answer that separately. Go for it. Starting with uh, Jessica. Yes. Okay. You got it. <laughs> As Jill was saying, our mom's. She's truly a powerful woman. I mean, we have seen her through raising triplets, raising a special needs son, and she never gave up. And she also led with kindness, which was amazing. You know, when we think about our childhood and growing up, I never think of my mom as like stressed out, overwhelmed, unhappy, afraid of all these unknowns. What she kept doing is rising up, leading with her heart and, um, believing in herself and believing in those around her and i think that we carry that with us for sure that's awesome you, i mean any other i mean you guys are shaking your heads but I mean, you probably want to tap onto that I, would imagine. I mean i think my mom is as busy as she was um both my parents worked full time she always came you know always came to our events always made sure we were cared for always made sure we had what we needed she just always took great care of us and um I'm, just, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and again, just like having my brother, like she never made us feel like we were too much. You know, they actually, my parent, they actually thought they were having twins and then the, I came out. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what? And bonus. So, <laughs> bonus. Yeah. And so, um, 
the, she's just like always ready for whatever comes her way and always open to like any trying something new and it sounds like her, her positivity was just infectious on you absolutely know, totally. absolutely and and I just want to add to that real quick she was also so supportive of, of us following our dreams as well so you know we opened our first business when we were 24 and you know, a lot of parents might have been like, don't do that. It's such a big risk and this and that. And it's not like our parents gave us the money to do it. But I will say they co-signed on the loan mm-hmm. and they were like, go for it. You know, you're responsible for it. It's your path. But they were just our cheerleaders. Like they were um, such an inspiration to us to just follow our dreams. And, and I'm so grateful for them for that. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, you mentioned or maybe Jill, you mentioned your your uh, brother was an inspiration to you. How was your brother an inspiration to you? Oh, man. So. Dennis, our brother, he is 48 years old and he has a disease called metachromatic leukodystrophy. It's a very rare genetic disease. Both parents have to be carriers of the gene. Nobody in our family has ever had it and it's a degenerative disease and the life expectancy for this disease is anywhere from six years of age to 25 years of age and today he's 48 years old. Wow. And my my mom and dad thought that he was misdiagnosed, so they took him to the Mayo Clinic a couple of years ago, and it is it was the right <laughs> diagnosis, and they totally attribute it to... Well, this is also speaks to my mother, but they attribute it to his care. My parents still care for him full-time. I mean, my mom, like, you know, rubs coconut oil on his feet at night and just, like, lays with him and, you know, talks to him and shows him pictures of us and, and the girls, and um, meaning my nieces, and... When the doctor said it's because of his care, my mom said to the doctor, no, it's because of his will and because of his, like, the love inside of him. And I was like, she's so right about that. He's just always smiling. And I've seen other children with his disease, and a lot of times they're frustrated and, you know, there's a lot of anger. And he has never once shown that. He always, he has a smile that lights up the room. So listening to you talk, I can't help but to think about. I can't. There's a name for a study where certain parts in the there's a spot in uh, Italy, there's a spot in California where everybody lives to be like 104 years old, and they attribute it to the culture, the the, the community, the sense of positivity in that community, and the relationships. Now I, I feel like that's that must play into exactly why your, your brother is doing so well because he has this support around exactly. him, this positivity around exactly. Him. I can only think that that plays into it. Any, exactly. I don't want to. Looks like uh, Jessica wants to talk. <laughs> We're good at sharing things, but when it comes to a mic. No. <laughs> um, and I will also say about my brother that he inspired us to create community because that's exactly true. People are stronger in numbers and together. And the three of us have really learned that through the experience of my brother, my, our family. And so that's what we create with our restaurant and our businesses is it's all about creating community. I love it. So did you guys start working in restaurants as kids or were you... So we actually grew up working in our uncle's grocery store. Okay. We were, I think, 11 years old, worked every department in the grocery store. So we've always been around food. And my dad actually on Sundays would work in the deli. And so we would be baking. We would work in the deli. And so just always being around people, food, and family. And so, um, so yeah. I guess we've always and been And then I started it. working at a restaurant, an Italian restaurant in Las Vegas. When we were in college. When you were in, we were in college. college. Okay. 
And then I was like, this is so fun. I'm loving it. I'm making money. And like, there's, you know, all sorts of people coming in. And then, then you know, Jill came on and then Jen came on. And next thing you know, we were running the place. Of so course. all three of you guys are working at the same <laughs> restaurant. That's, that's a awesome. good old Italian place. <laughs> so uh, any lessons from this experience working at this restaurant? This is your first restaurant job experience. The three of you working together. Reflecting back at that time, how, how did this experience most transform who you are today? I mean, I think for me... A lot of it was uh, a local business-owned business, and it was a husband and a wife. And I never really experienced, saw it so small like that, and it was so intimate. And it was so, everyone knew each other, everyone really respected to each other, looked at each other, and it just felt like a really nice environment. And they were so appreciative of us. And now looking back at it and owning our own business, I'm like, I totally get why they looked at us with such appreciation. Why? Dive into that. Well, because I think a lot of it is, you know, we have our vision and our dream and how we do things. And um, within the restaurant and when we have staff that truly are behind the mission and vision, which I do feel like we're blessed to have that here at Shine, um, it means so much because... You know, we're not a traditional business, you know, or corporate business where everything's, you know, tucked in a sheet. You know, sometimes things get wild and yeah. and I just feel like they roll with it really well. We roll with it really well and it feels nice. And I think um, they really appreciated that the three of us, like Jennifer sang, bought so much more than just waiting tables. Like we bought a community there and... It started to... So you brought a community We there? did. Like, it was like people were interested in the fact because there were three of us and we were triplets, but also just the way that the three of us naturally interact with people and build community. I think we really helped build their regular clientele and kind of build a scene around the whole thing. And as we know, as restaurateurs and people that are restaurateurs or own their own businesses, like building a scene or building a brand around something where people want to be a part of it instead of just coming for meal it's like creating an experience and deepening um, more of what you get at the restaurant I think is something that we started doing at that restaurant that and we just did it naturally because yeah. that's what we did we're our own little community within the three of us so we naturally invite people into our community and so they recognize that and I think they were like excited to not carry to carry the whole thing themselves yeah. and that's what we look for when we hire people here um, is bringing on a team that wants to build with us and that wants to help build this community and like Jennifer said get behind the vision and the mission and it's not just to clock in yeah. and clock out. But imagine the, these are the, this, the, the person you're working for. What was their name or her name? Or Bob name? and Sue Alpert. Bob and Sue Albert. Imagine <laughs> how lucky they felt. Like Bob to, is no longer with us, but uh, I'm sure Sue's around but somewhere. still to, to get three A players, right? Who with that same level, you're the average of like the five people you surround yourself with, right? And now you get three people on your team that operate that high level of positivity. You guys must have lived, have that much you know, positivity coming to your doors at once, right? must have had a huge impact, I would imagine. So um, anything or any times or any experiences in college, I know you guys both went to school. Were there any mentors in college? Um, maybe we can ask the same question. I want to like, I know you, you, you all went to school together, focus on hospitality, management and education. Uh, but any like, I don't know. I'll just keep that open. Well, the truth but, of the uh, matter is, is going to that university and going through what was mainly business as far as the, the restaurants and hotels. But then there was a cooking class. And, and what I remember is the, the um, professor that taught that class, the chef, he was so passionate and he was having so much fun. And I was like, 
hell yeah, like this is the part of the business I love. And that's what brought me to going to culinary school. I, you know, always thought, oh, you know, the, the kitchen's part of it and how food plays into it. And we love food, but actually getting in the kitchen and cooking, that man sparked that in me. And then moving to San Francisco and going to culinary school and getting all up into that scene was an incredible turning point. Awesome. Do you want to add on to that? I agree. Um, For me, a big piece of my inspiration when I moved to San Francisco was driving up Highway 1 and seeing the farms and seeing artichokes for the first time being grown. And it made me realize um, I never really thought about where food comes from before that. And something clicked. And on that same drive, um, there was a farm stand and they had whole milk, you know, from their cows. And I had whole milk for the first time because we grew up in a, in a house that my dad had, like, low-fat milk and, like, fat-free potato chips. It was actually and, like, skim milk. Yeah, it was, the like, powder the powder that you added water to. Exactly. <laughs> and so um, it was so eye-opening. I was so inspired by the food and by the farmers and, and really recognizing where the food comes and how alive the food was and how it made me feel and how it transferred in my body. Like, I really recognized that, and it just blew my mind wide open. And... I knew, and we knew, because we were in the car together, moving forward, that the ingredients that we use are going to be local, they're going to be organic from the farmers, we're going to know our farmers, and we're going to feed people from the inside out, for sure, with this nourishing food. So you knew this back when you graduated from, uh, when you are going to culinary school. Exactly, yeah. That's awesome. And I don't, obviously, I want to focus on some of your college experience. I know at this point in your life, you're on a different trajectory, but you found yourself back in hospital, or you found yourself, yeah, back in hospitality eventually. Um, how do you think your college experience, any key mentors, teachers, uh, maybe in the sense of education, because I think a big part of being successful in this industry is being able to educate your team. Has that affected your ability to do your job? Well, I think what I loved about my going through elementary education was it was very collaborative and we always were doing hands-on projects as opposed to regurgitation or, and so for me, I I like doing that more hands-on working with people. And so that, I mean, all my school knowledge there brings everything, you know, being patient with people, you know, how to handle different, you know, 10 people coming to me at once or, um, so yeah, I feel like my education. Well, just understanding too, that people learn differently and that oh, like, you can't just have one way to train. You have to no. really adapt your training to each individual. And need. everyone's unique and everyone's different. And we, we do pe- treat people uniquely here as, as their individual self. And so, um, you know, and even working in the classrooms, absolutely everybody learned different. So you just knew who, you know, you needed to go over to, who you needed to put in the front of the room or who maybe needed to be like in the back of the room yeah. or. And so, yeah, so I feel like that brings me um, so, so, do you ever, so much help around here. So you did you ever make it into classrooms? Or were you, did you ever, I did for okay. a year. Well, I did my um, practicum in Costa Rica. So I taught, went there and taught in Costa Rica for three months, which was an amazing experience. I worked in, up in one of the villages, and um, it was a beautiful school with, you know, kids who had no money, and they gave me all their snacks, you know? How did that influence who you are today, that experience? Um, just opened my world. We grew up in such a small town, and then moving to Las Vegas, um, it was such a bit, so, much, so much bigger of a world, 
But then to go to a place like Costa Rica where people have no shoes, have no clothes, have no home to go home to. Um, Talk but about then perspective, it, right? I'm sorry. Talk about perspective. Totally. Right? Absolutely. Yep. It just, and then every weekend, so they would go to school half a day on Friday. So every weekend I would travel to a, to a different coast in Costa Rica and just see how other people live. And at that time, Costa Rica, this is 20 years ago, was way less developed. Mm-hmm. So all the roads were, you know, rock roads and it would take us so long to get to places. But once you were, you know, it was all the Costa Ricans and, um, and it just gave me a great perspective of how other people live. So I'm assuming this is happening while you two are in uh, culinary school. Correct. correct? Yes. So, at what? So this was your, as far as your educational career went. I mean, you're still teaching to this day with, within the hospitality industry. Uh, you know, we, we are always teaching people. But what oh, brought you? Day. What brought you off that path? What made you want to join? Well, your so sisters? then um, my sisters uh, moved to Boulder. They had some friends that lived here and fell in love with it. And then about four months later, they were like, come on, Jen, like, come to Boulder. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. And then we found our restaurant um, pretty quickly, right downtown Boulder. And so everything just happened really quick. I moved here three months later. We were demoing our first restaurant, wow. like Jill said, at 24. And, um, and then I just grooved into the, this 20 years later being in Boulder and still having restaurants. <laughs> so anything that, I mean, we're going to uh, dive into that whole process of opening, how you guys got the money, how you got investors, whatever that comes out of the story. But anything that has happened before the, the, the day of opening your restaurant that we need to spend some time talking about, maybe that influenced and transformed who you two are today? Because you were together at this point, right? Cooking in California, studying in California. <clears throat> well, we were doing our internships from culinary school. Got you. And I was in kitchens, run, you know, working in kitchens, all different departments. And Joe was in the front of the house doing like wine cellars and service. So we had like... And, and helping with events. So we had this front of the house, back of the house situation okay. going on. And we were like, oh, my gosh, like we can conquer the world. Like we know every department. <laughs> so doing that and, and diversifying our experience really helped what our success is today. I believe like all three of us have different roles. Thank God, you know, so we can all kind of take on different things and not. Do, do you guys ever find yourself like fighting over like the same role, like wanting to have the same role? No, or, not really. Luckily, no. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. Like, <laughs> not we fight about the, We fight, but not over the same role. We're more like, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. <laughs> no I have enough. You take it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, and one thing I'll say is I remember um, at UNLV, there was our final project. We had to technically open a restaurant. You had to go through the zoning process, and you had to like look up the rents and what it would cost and all this stuff. And Jessica, do you remember this? We opened up this... It was like it, it was like a house party kind of thing where it was a house, but it was a restaurant. So it was a house, but then it was a restaurant inside. And we had live music every night. And anyway, we built this like amazing business plan. And I remember our teacher gave us an A++. And she wrote underneath it, if you ever decide to open this place, let me know. I'd love to get involved. And I, for me, I was like, wow, maybe we should do this. You know? awesome. Did you reach out to her? I don't think so. <laughs> <That'd be funny laughs> then I had my hands full once we actually opened. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. So I think now's a good time to take our first break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to dive into how you pulled off this first location. Cake makes it easy. Thousands of restaurant operators are using Cake POS and loving it. With its easy, simple-to-use, and intuitive interface, how could you not? Cake users are achieving peak satisfaction with 24-7 customer support, not to mention lifetime access to Cake University. 
No wonder customer satisfaction scores are so high. Everything about Cake is simple, including its POS integration with Cake Guest Manager and Google Reservations, which basically allows your guests to book reservations or get on wait lists straight from Google Search or Google Maps. That's pretty rad. This simple integration alone has increased guest count by as much as 25%. To learn more about how Cake makes it easy, head over to trycake.com slash unstoppable. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you can save $750 off activation for Cake Point of Sale. But you have to use my links. Again, that's trycake.com slash unstoppable. All right, we're back, and I cannot wait to dive into how uh, you like what what that process looked like from when you guys knew that you're going to open. Like it sounds like you knew you're going to open a restaurant really early on, but like when you started like living intentionally to make it happen. Take us to where that intentional living started. You say like this is what we're going to do. It's going to be in this city, and like where does it make sense to start? Originally, we actually wanted to open in San Francisco um, because that's where we were in culinary school, and we knew the scene there. But it became overwhelming pretty quickly with the amount of saturation and people and money. And Mm -hmm. Boulder wasn't quite there yet. So when we were visiting friends out here, we were like, wow, this kind of has a San Francisco feel, but it's not quite as expensive back then. And (laughs) it has, you know, it just felt like more opportunity up and coming. And and like what we wanted to do, it didn't feel like, you know, there was a lot of that around. So. We really landed on Boulder. We were so brave, I have to say, because we were we, we were, were young. We were 23 <laughs> at that yeah. time, starting to get you know our business plan and going to the bank and selling them on it. And back in the day, like 20 years ago, you can really do that. You yeah, know, like you the can. Eco- the economy was great. In the the li- economy was amazing. We got money easily from the bank, like Jill said. Previously, our parents co-signed on our loan, but they were all about our concept, and we were right downtown Boulder. Like, so what know? advice do you have on selling a bank today? I mean, this advice is better than ever because it's harder and harder to get money from banks. What did you do right? You're putting a lot of emphasis on your business. So, plan. what I will say is now the way we've done it with this restaurant is we did it through community, and so we, you know, found a few investors and people that were interested in seeing something like Shine. Um, be we'll a lot. We'll get the shine. I want to yeah. save that. Well, which so what? It, so with the bank, I mean, it would. Bank doesn't really give you money. Much. The, ma- the <laughs> banks are harder now. The banks are harder Much now, harder. Yeah. and there's a lot more interest and in this and that and everything else. So then it was like kind of we didn't even think of nobody knew who we were, so it was harder to sell. Um, I think individuals on the concept, at least in our eyes, instead of going to the bank, which back then it was easier to get small business loans. So it just was like made sense to us. And it's the only thing we thought about. And we're like, let's go to the bank. And we got the loan. And, you know, we found a property right downtown Boulder. And I remember we signed the lease and we signed it like very quickly within 48 hours of seeing the space. And I remember all the restaurateurs started peeking around and being like, who in the hell are these girls <laughs> that just got this space? Because it was a great space right? right downtown. And it just like was meant to be. You know, when things are meant to be, it just fell into place. We got the loan and 20, 48 hours later, we signed the lease and we just were on our way. So you guys have been in the industry now for 20 plus years, right? Ref- knowing what you know now and reflecting back at your 23-year-old Ooh. selves. Uh, what would you, what advice would you have given yourself, or what if you could go back in time and give yourself advice now? What would you tell yourself? What did you do right? What did you do wrong? Knowing what you know now. 
So one of the things that I can tell Jess wants because I'm like too. She was. I know. Well, uh, what I'll say this is where I feel like was was a hard thing that we didn't do in the beginning, and it, it was made the first couple of years very challenging. We didn't open with enough operating capital. Like we were like, we'll get enough money to open the doors, and everyone will come, and it'll be great. And we were like scraping by by the skin so of our teeth for a, spe- for a while. Get specific. What would you have opened with now, knowing what you know? What, what would you have wanted to have in the bank? So I would say at least like six months of operating capital. So your rent, your labor um, being the two biggest, like making sure you have that tucked away and it's rearing and ready to go. Cause rent, labor, what else? Anything else that we should be including? Um, in Jen, she's our... I mean, there's always unforeseen things that are happening that need to be fixed, that need, you know, a Hobart breaks or an oven breaks or you need new glassware. So just having like any operating expenses, I agree, like six months, I think mm-hmm. would be awesome to have awesome. in your back pocket. And the other thing that we did was... And always pay your taxes. <laughs> Priority. Oh, <yeah>. <laughs> Is we, we the, our first building, it was a great location, but it was a really old building. And I think you were mentioning mentioning that about another restaurant tour yeah. that you just spoke to, and that was a challenge. I will say all the way through for the nine years because the lease that we signed didn't cover any expenses there, so you know it it, it got challenging and it, it ended up being part of the reason that we sold because we were just tired of dealing with an old building. So one of the lessons I think to pull out that, that's kind of there uh, under the services. If if you can negotiate with your landlord to cover some of those expenses, those those bu- like those building expenses, because especially with an old building, that needs to be worked into the contract. That needs to be worked. Well, into the-, the interesting thing is, and we were with that landlord for close to twenty years. Is that's just what a lot of leases are, at least in Boulder, mm-hmm. is you take care of the space, yeah. you know? And, and when we moved into this building um, a year and a half ago, that completely changed. You know, our landlords are, they're part, of the, they're part of the whole with us, and so they help take care of the property. The property's in great condition. But downtown, it's a little bit of a different scene, I think, because it's so desirable. Um, so in a lot of leases, most leases, you are responsible to take care of the building. Mm-hmm. But that's why we ended up getting out of that building was because it was falling apart. Okay. So I would not recommend getting into a lease like that where you are responsible for the building because the owner of the building will always know more than you know. And so I think that's just a really, really slippery slope. Yeah. Just but, the, the, but before we got out of that building, we went back into the same building on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our second business was actually in the same building. It was, was, you know, took us 20 years to learn. (laughs) So um, I think it's important to point out we're not talking about Shine Bar right now. We're talking about your first restaurant, Trilogy uh, Wine Bar. Um, So, Jessica, you were really quick to get get after that mic, but... uh, Jill beat you to the punch when I asked the question. What was going through your mind when I first asked? What what, what advice you would give yourself? Mm-hmm. I also really um, have enjoyed hiring people that know a lot as well. I think because we were so young, there was like this intimidation piece of like bringing someone on that might like eclipse us in some way or know something more. And especially in the kitchen for me, because I was running the kitchen and the head chef and 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 you know, doing all the menus and the recipes and and the specials and the food costs. And I just like would easily get intimidated by like hiring someone that I was afraid that knew more. And now I'm like, bring it on. I think that's a really common characteristic of young professionals who are intimidated, like you said, or uh, they feel like they, in order to to be the best, they have to, you know, know more than everybody else. And like the truth of the matter is you should be trying to be the most unintelligent person or the least experienced person in the room. So you can 
surround, surround yourself with better people, right? Who can teach Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Right? That's kind of what I'm pulling from you. It's so important. Anything else you want to add to that? Um, it's also collaboration. So like opening yourself up to being vulnerable to learning from others creates collaboration and only raises the bar for, for everybody. So, um, that was a big learning experience for me. So any other big experiences? I mean, it's eight years of your life, nine years of your life at Trilogy Wine Bar, uh, reflecting back at that time, any, uh, things that you wish you had known that you didn't know um, or any big challenges you were faced and how you overcame those challenges, what you learned from those challenges and those experiences. I mean, I think a lot of it was balance. I mean, we literally worked from like before open till after close. Like we just never let the rain, gave up the reins. And I feel like 20 years later, one thing we've learned is definitely to have balance. Like Jessica said, you know, trust our employees to do it and um, put faith in them. But, yeah, for me, I would say the biggest thing is balance. You know, they could almost do it better than us, and I want them to do it better than us. And you never do your best work if you're not balanced. If you're tired, if you're strung out, you're overworked, the best work isn't coming out of you. I think a lot of times in the restaurant business, you, you can have, like, this martyr mentality like everyone thinks oh you own a restaurant you must work 24 7 and like never see your kids and I'm like that would not be the best best version of myself so it's like really allowing yourself to open it up to other people and not feel like you just have to be there all the time or it doesn't get done right so trilogy is what puts you on the map that's kind of what give you guys respect within the community What, what did you do right we've been talking about a lot of stuff you wish you had known that you would have done better but what do you think you did right So it comes back hugely to the community piece. I mean, Boulder was ready for us. We built it it to this day, as I would say, it's a Boulder icon trilogy. People talk about it all the time. Um, We had a music venue, so we were booking um, local bands. We were booking national bands. We had like John Mayer come play and Modest Yahoo. And then a lot of um, bigger bands started at our place, like Gregory Allen Isakov, who's from Boulder and now plays all over the world. And so we um, created community, and we did that. It comes back to the tap into your magic. We were very much about people bringing their own unique gifts and whether it was poetry, whether it was music, whether it was benefits, whether it was like any comedy nights, like we would just bring people together. We had salsa nights every Wednesday. We had blues nights, you know? And so we created this scene and it was like 20 years ago. So it was before like you were texting people to see what was going on. It was like people would just come down to shine to trilogy to, to see what was going on around, you know, to see who was there and what was up and that kind of thing. And I think that was a really beautiful, beautiful time of people coming together and really appreciating each other and people sharing their own unique gifts. I'll also say um, it was a wine bar. And Jessica and I coming from San Francisco, the wine scene was very pretentious. And we wanted to create less of that in a bigger way and we did that like we had a wine bar and we were always voted best wine list in Boulder like nine years in a row when we were open but we took the 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 air out of it where it was like you know you'd have people with dreadlocks next to a guy in a business suit drinking wine next to each other and we just like had fun with it we made it fun we made it playful and I think that was something different and unique rather than just having it be like a pretentious place that you had a you know, know a lot about wine to come there. And I think when you, t- when you ask, you know, things we've learned from the past, 
probably not a wine bar again. We had about 18 grand in inventory (laughs) sitting in the office every day. And so (laughs) maybe no more big wine list. (laughs) I will also add to the food element of Trilogy. um, Because of our experience in in California, we were, as we said earlier, very committed to local farms and supporting our local community through supporting local farms, which was not easy back then. Um, at that time, it wasn't like you can order, you know, farm food through distributors. It wasn't like there was so much available. So what we would do is we would go to the local co-op and we'd get stuff to support the lo- local co-op and because they were supporting local. And then we, the farmers would actually come to our back door after the farmer's market and bring us seconds. And it was so cool because it, what, everyone wasn't doing it and we did it our own way and we made it affordable that way and the cool thing about it is we've actually continued to do it yeah. that way even now but it also ties back onto what Jill is saying with building community right it doesn't it's not just within the four walls of your like, you don't you don't build community just within your four walls you build it within the community getting mm-hmm. out there going to the farmers and building those relationships it's all around right so I kind of want to pull back some layers a little bit more in the whole, I think that's really great advice, uh, the building community. Um, what do you think it was that you were doing that helped you build that community? I mean, I think you identified seeing what other people's greatness and spark was and they're and they're and bringing all those people to one place to share their, their, their unique, their, their uniqueness. Um, but what advice do you have for somebody who's trying to build community in their restaurants? Like, what, what specific advice can you give? So I think specifically, it's like be open. I mean, people would come to us with ideas. And like Jessica was saying in the kitchen, like let other people, like maybe other people know more than you are. Of course, other people have different experiences. Like I really loved hearing other people's story. And then like they would want, they would come and say, hey, I really want to try this thing. And they would be really passionate about this one thing that so they want to try. When you say other people, you're not talking about people just within no. your restaurant. You're talking about I'm like- talking about someone would come in and say if he's a comedian and he would be like really excited about the show he wants to put on and really passionate about it. And so then I'd say, okay, let's try it. And then he would tell all his friends mm-hmm. and get everyone really excited and say, hey, come to Shine and come check That's me free out. Marketing. And That's it's free marketing. Exactly. And it's like this cross section of people that were coming in from like, from uh, comedy to you know burlesque to you know it's like where you know it was like you could come in and there would be burlesque girls dancing sometimes how do you get into that frame of open mindedness you said that you gotta be open minded to be open to what people are suggesting how do you think outside the box okay and I would add to that letting go of expectation a little bit I think you have to when you open your mind to something new you can't decide on the outcome already you have to be open to something new and know that it may work and it may may not work, but the benefit overall will always make it a positive experience to build community. I love it. Uh, anything else during this time at uh, tri- Trilogy, uh, big lessons learned, experiences, maybe disasters that you recovered from during that time? I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there that's worth sharing before you move on. And one other thing I want to add about <clears throat> building community is if you come from your own heart and you're truly yourself... We actually, so this is partially disastrous, but this is also becoming who we were. We started out with white tablecloths and like fancy. And 
after about three months, there were no more tablecloths. We were like, that is not who we are. Like, why are we trying to be that? Yeah. (laughs) Linens are expensive. And like, you know, all of that. And so I think, I think people were also attracted as far as the community because we were being truly ourselves and allowing others to be themselves as well. I think there's certain uniqueness to having three sisters, triplet sisters in business together too, which is a natural draw. Not to put all of your success on that, but um, you know, do you guys lean into that? Do you recognize that that's a unique selling proposition? Well, I think it's what Jill said earlier. Um, People see community in us because we're family and there's three of us. And so I do think people naturally gravitate towards us, especially single people. Like you'll always see single people at our bar because they feel comfortable coming. Maybe it's women don't, maybe it's because we're sisters. Um, But yeah, there's definitely, I think, a comfortability with people being attracted to us because we're a natural group. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Um, What about working with sister partnerships, family partnerships, what did you learn about yourselves and how you, I mean, you guys have spent your whole lives together. So going into this must've been a kind of a natural transition for you, but any hiccups, anything, any lessons learned? Sometimes we say that the restaurant's just a back backdrop for us to work out our shit. (laughs) (laughs) So there are so many lessons and there are so many learnings. And I actually think, the truth of it is, is you can't avoid each other. You know, we all come in with, with, with certain, you know, karma, whatever you want to call it with your, with your family. And we can so easily like, you know, avoid them and make it, make it just nice, nice. So when you say come in with your family, you're talking about your families at home, like your, your husbands and children. Or, or yes. You? Okay. Gotcha. Yes. I think we, 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 we kind of, um, draw ourselves to certain people where we, you know, kind of need to bump up against. And we are definitely bumping up against each other at all times. What do you think about the people that say never go into business with family? I well, get it. Here's the thing. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, I get it. Yeah. My mom actually said, my mom was just here last week. She was like, I get like, I would, not, I love my brothers and sisters. As Jill said, they're one to 12, but I would never work with them. And she's like, I know you three are always working through your stuff. She was like, but I can never do it. And but my, the truth of the matter is, is if you can break through your stuff, which is like, we all have it. I think the blessings and the upside is so much bigger because there's trust because there's an understanding of each other. I mean, we are so committed to our relationship, so there is no, I'm going to leave you high and dry and take all the money. I know some families have that. That's them not working through their staff. But I think the upside could be so much bigger. I think you're going to have problems with any partner, really, because you're having to agree on so many things. Well, your relationship is transformative. Like, it's not a transaction between the three of you. Like, you have a supportive relationship. And I personally think that uh, we should go into business with our friends. We should go into business with family. So people listening to this, like, what the hell is this guy saying? But the truth of the matter is, like, you you pointed (laughs) it out. Trust. You know, like, at the end of the day, like, you're married to that business partner, especially in the restaurant industry. You're going to be spending more time with that person than you are with your your actual life partner, right? So, like, unless you have that level of love and trust for the people that you're going to business with, then you shouldn't be like, I mean, I feel like I'm, I tend to lean more towards the woo woo mushy gushy stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. But what are some of your thoughts on that? So I feel like, like you're saying, I mean, the love between us is unconditional and no matter how hard it gets, it's like the love is unconditional and that's constant. Yeah, you're going to see shit in this Exactly. And, 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 and I feel personally like we learn so much about ourselves because we can't pull any shit with each other. Yeah. Like we know each other so well that it's like we, we, we have no choice. Like we can't fake it. It's like if, if one of us are frustrated or upset, you know, we have to talk it through and we have to keep showing up and we just keep showing up every, every day for our community, for our staff, for each other, and most importantly for ourselves. And I feel like 
the relationship that the three of us have um, is such a blessing in so many ways, as hard as it can be because of that. We get to really learn who we are on the deepest, deepest level. I love it. Uh, And and I was just going to say, when we talk about trust, what's nice because we know each other so well is that we all know how we, what we perform best in. And so because we all do such different things in in the restaurant, Personally, I feel so confident knowing if it's kitchen, like Jessica's got it. If it's marketing and events and potions, Jill's got it. You know, and and I feel they feel the same probably about me. And so, yeah, that's the nice thing about working with family is because I know. <laughs> yeah. So, what advice do you have for somebody who's listening to this who might be getting into business with the family, or they're in business with family, and they're like, what? The- was I thinking like what advice do you have for that person so one thing and I just want to stress on this to what Jennifer said because I think it's brilliant is I think it's so important to sit down and really um, say to each other and we don't even do this enough but we talk about it (laughs) what we think each other's strengths are and what we think each other is really good at and really get clear on the roles Um, because I think it's like, we don't do that enough. Like, especially as restaurateurs, we try to take on too much or we're doing too many things. And I think, um, to be in business with family, like the first thing you do is sit down and make sure there is a differentiation in roles. Cause maybe you both want to like run the bar cause you love like making cocktails or whatever it is. You know, there's a lot of, um, like dreams around restaurants and how fun they're going to be. But there's so much that goes into it. And I think we lucked out in that way where we really um, are three very different people, even though we're triplets. So we all play strong to different roles. Um, but I, I would say going into, into family business is really get clear on the roles, each other's strengths, get honest about your weaknesses and communication is yeah. going to be key. Don't be afraid to talk, right? Exactly. you got to share. you got to get it out. Um, so what was going on in 2008? Uh, where, where was the business? Where were you guys emotionally? What was going on in your mind to start having that conversation and maybe we should sell? I mean, I think, you know, at that time, we were 33 and you know, again, as we mentioned in the past, 24-7, it was our life, you know, and, and we started to have, like, these moments of, like, we need to, like, kind of have the rest of our life happen, too. Like, are we going to get married, have kids? Like, what's, you know, what's going on for us right now? And so we just, we, we've always been really brave around if we need to switch gears, like, we have to take care of ourselves first. So we were like, you know, we don't have to do this forever. You know, I think sometimes people get in their head, like I have to have this restaurant for, you know, 20 years, 40 years for it to be named a success. We felt like we had a success and it had run its course. It's at the peak of its value at this time too, right? You've created something that's valuable. Um, you're going to have a better chance of selling it, right? Absolutely. And we always said, we want to get out while the, the party's still like yeah. going big. And, um, and at this point where we were ready to, to look inward and take care of ourselves, and see what we wanted to do with the the next 20 you know years of our lives and so we we really went in and we said it's time to sell we need we need perspective and we kind of felt like we couldn't get that perspective until we until we made a change what advice do you have for selling a restaurant for somebody who might be going through that right now things that you learned the hard way um you know it's interesting because we've sold two restaurants and i think with both of them we were so ready And one thing I can say is when the three of us are clear and we're all like on the same path, which it takes a while for us to get there. But if we're all there, like we can make some magic happen. And both times we handpicked the buyers when when we sold and we um, got out pretty quickly because we hired, you know, brokers and or, you know, brokers were coming to us about it. And they were like, it could take six months. And we were like, oh, my God. Were you concerned about the brand trilogy wine bar because of playing off triplets, I'm assuming? 
So we sold everything except we said you have to change the name okay. because that was something for us. It was our it was our name. We they got all the recipes, they got everything in there. You know, we gave them everything we we you know had, but except the name had to be changed. Got you. Um, all right, so forty five minutes into this sucker, we got to talk about Shine. So three years away from the industry, were you working within the industry or were you doing other things? Totally? We were we were running a retreat center and um, running um, wellness retreats. So you're still in business together. We were. Yeah. It was so funny. I know. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so, who, take it from there. What was going through your mind? Like, what were you trying to build at this time? Like, how so were you trying to? Redirect? What was going through my mind personally was like that was fun. Never want to do that again. And gonna go work for somebody else. And so we were hired up at this wellness center, and we were running the wellness center. And then just like we all individually went through a lot of personal things. This sounds like, like a very transformative time. It was time a very transformative yeah. time. There were like, you know, you know, boys and marriage and kids and like that? health stuff. Men. <laughs> men, thank God. Thank God they were men. But anyway, um, that's another word of advice. Men, not boys. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, you know, we all went through our own transformative experiences and people kept asking us to come back. And you Come know, back to what? To Come back to Boulder because gotcha. we were outside of Boulder. We were living in Boulder, but we were working outside of Boulder, and we were kind of living off-site a little bit, so we weren't in town as much. And um, and we had again gone through some of our own personal stuff, and what was what kept coming back was community. Like people were rallying us around us, around us during like difficult times and this and that, and. And people kept saying, we miss you guys. We miss Trilogy. Like, we miss the community. We need you guys back. And and so we did it. Like, they pulled you <laughs> back in. Um, so it sounds like, you know, the the whole wellness, this is a part of your life where you, uh, not to suggest you were unwell when you were owning the restaurant originally, but getting away, surrounding yourself with wellness people in the wellness community, you, want, <laughs> you wanted uh, the new direction of the 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 blissful sisters, the Emic sisters to be in the wellness vertical. Um, was that part of the transformation? Were you guys, were your values changing at this time? What you, what, the, what I you, think we what, were just getting older. We were maturing, okay. you know, we were realizing like what, you know, how to be healthier. You know, we, even when we were at the retreat center, we bought yoga up there. We were personally doing more yoga and meditation and, um, yeah, I mean, I think, again, the biggest thing was maturing. And you know, I'll, I'll also say, being the head chef in the kitchen at Trilogy, so many people were coming in with food allergies and restrictions. And, like, I felt this huge responsibility of, like, I don't want, what do they mean? They can't have this. Like, what's, what, what do they mean, a nightshade? Like, how am I supposed to know what that is? Like, and so much was changing in the food industry so at you, that time. I saw opportunity, too. Like, if we, I saw if we opportunity. Focus, yeah. But also in my heart, I was like, this is like my offering in the world. Like, if I'm going to do this, I want it to be healing for people and not be... And we were already doing like organic and local and all that kind of thing. But I wanted to dive deeper into how food can really help lift people up as opposed to be hurting for people. And so I got my master's in nutrition, which changed everything for me because kitchens it's hard work you know but there was more meaning and more depth to it after that endeavor it sounds like when you guys uh and i don't want to put words into your mouth but from what i'm picking up what i was able to gather online that uh this second restaurant seems to be much more intentional much more Mm -hmm. on purpose and take us through what you did differently the second time around uh with all this the nine years of operating a restaurant under your belt how did you approach the second 
restaurant differently. Take us through that. So it was so different in so many ways. Um, how we approached the food, like Jessica's saying, we went deeper than local and organic. Um, there's almost a holistic way that we prepare food the medicine. food. Is, yeah. Food is medicine. And so we use it. Like We want people to feel good when they eat our food, whether they're vegetarian or vegan or they're paleo or... You know, whatever it is, you know, if they're gluten-free, if they're dairy-free, we want people to feel freedom around food. And it's interesting because I think we had it at Trilogy, but we didn't, like, name it. But it really became apparent when we opened Shine. Like, we really want people to feel freedom around their food, and we really want to nourish people from the inside out. And it's, it's like a phrase that we use a lot as nourishing people from the inside out because food is your fuel, and what you put in your body really is you know, what gives you your life force. And so we take that seriously, like Jessica said, in every aspect of the business, from the food to the bar to the vibe. It's just all there and it's all intentional. And that became very apparent when we opened Shine. Um, The way we did our cocktails, that's when we started our Shine Potions. And they are herbal beverages. So we use adaptogenic herbs. So they're very balancing to the whole body. Um, they balance out stress hormones. If you feel like jittery or you know nervous, they help calm. If you feel tired, they, they awaken. And we, if you don't drink alcohol, they're amazing on their own. And if you do drink alcohol, we mix them into cocktails and spirits. And it's this is my first uh, CBD. Exactly, uh, you're having well, a CBD. three laughing monks. Yeah, <laughs> three laughing monks infusion. You know, we brought CBD into the bar um, as well. And, um, you know, we're really all about, uh, even at the bar, like feeding people well and taking care of people. And so um, that became, again, really apparent at Shine. And um, I will say the potions also have energetics in there. So we put like rose quartz essence and sound frequencies. And they're really groovy and fun and playful. And, you know, they're an invitation, just like I feel like all of Shine is to tap into the magic. So so really what I'm pulling from this is like, just that level of intentionally and a level of clearness or in, um, clarity on who you all were at this point and yeah. how you want to pull who you've become up to this point out and, and put it into a restaurant and really have your passions being injected into this restaurant. Um, that That's hard. It's hard to be able to, to be exactly because what, what, what's inside of you might not be received well. You know, but so I actually think when that? you do what's inside of you, it's more authentic and people are more attracted to that mm-hmm. when you're trying to do something that you don't really live authentically in your life. And so I think because how we live is how we treat this restaurant is why people are so attracted to it. And I also think because we've been doing it in Boulder for 20 years, people trust us. And what I love how we do it is we're not preachy. Like if you want to come in and get a good meal and, and, you know, have privacy, you come in, you go out, but you feel really great. Some people love to come in and hear about, you know, all the different type of ingredients we do, why we do gluten-free, why we do whole foods, why we source grass-fed meats. And so... You know, we just, we more cater it to the customer as opposed to just talking about, you know, our, ourselves all the time, yeah. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, you sound, you look like you're reaching for the mic, Jessica. Mm. I mean, mine was very much what Jen was saying, okay. like authenticity, like that gives you energy. Yeah. So like you got to do what you believe in. So one thing I can't help but be curious about is being, you're triplets, but you're three individuals. You're three different people. How did you decide who's 
itself was being, most being reflected on the, the, the business. I have to say, I think that's our biggest challenge. But I think at the end of the day, because of our upbringing, our value system mm-hmm. is very similar. So your core values are there, which is huge. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the... Um, but our personalities are different. So like, you know, Jill may be a little groovier. Jen may be a little quieter. I may be like... You know, like I, I'm the I'm the one that has kids, and so I'm a little more like conservative with my my time and energy at times. But the cool thing is, is you know, and this is part of working with family. You have to allow each other to 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 like express, and then there is a melding that does happen if if you allow that to a certain degree. And we've we've kind of found our spe- sweet spot, and then we also realize like you know. If Jill and I want to be here for a crazy 6 a.m. dance party and Jen doesn't, that's fine, you know? And, like, if there's, like, a really cool company Did coming in for... 6 a.m. dance uh-huh. party? <laughs> yep. We have been known to do sunrise dance parties awesome. called Daybreaker. Uh-huh. Um, so we're, we're also allowing each other to be ourselves through it and knowing that's kind of what we're telling everyone else to do. So we have to allow that within ourselves yeah. as well. And I yeah. actually think what's cool about it is different customers are attracted to each of us. Um which is nice because we kind of cover our whole base. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I think the other thing that we can really pull, well, before we get to that, I should ask, what was the reason for the move? Because you, you open Shine right next to Trilogy, like literally adjacent, well, same building. it was like that old building again, you know. <laughs> and so part of it was the old building. Yeah. The other piece of it was it was a beer brewery. And, you know, we had so much fun. And it was a beer brewery, like, when we took it over. Mm-hmm. And so we were brewing beer. And it was um, an award-winning brewery called Shine Brewing Company. And we were... Um, we won at the Great American Beer Festival for our gluten-free beer, and we were one of the only women-owned breweries in the country at was that time. Was the brewery name Shine before it you was? Won? Okay, it was no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry. So it was uh, something else, and then we came in, but the brewery equipment was there. It was like cemented None into of the building. You were brewers, no, no but we hired point. a brewer. Okay. And, you know, and we were involved with the recipes and what we wanted to do and having a gluten-free beer. And we were, you know, we had a really, I know. And, but, you know, after five years, and again, this is us being true and authentic to who we are, we decided we don't want to do the brewery. And so then we're like, well, shit, we got to get out of the building, you know. (laughs) So that was kind of a big impetus for the move was just we wanted to focus more on Shine Potions and on the food and the brand and the events and not... The, brewer, the beer brewery is totally much. Yeah. It's a totally different beast. And I'm like, we got to love it. And we weren't totally loving it. So exactly. we moved on. Smart. And we had 6,600 square feet downtown and it was huge and expensive and expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and when we really got real, we were like, what do we love? We love the restaurants and the potions and the potions were really starting to take exactly. off. There. This is 2012, 2011, 2013. You're yep. leading edge as far as the wellness movement. Food is medicine. You're you're one of the early adopters at this. Point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. So lean into that, right? Lean into your your unique selling. Lean into what we love. Lean yeah. into what we want to do. And exactly. then you know when we this was the first or second space we looked at, and really it was the patio that sold us. In mm. twenty years, we never had a patio. Now we have a big, beautiful patio. Nice. Um, and so yeah, if you we guys found are our listening to this on the podcast. Eventually, we're video recording this, so you can. There are a couple angles that are taking in the patio behind me. Um, awesome. So. I mean, this is kind of where I leave it up to you guys uh, to, to freestyle. Like, you know yourselves better than I know you. What what can you bring to the conversation right now? What what haven't we discussed that you know you can add value to this conversation with? Go for it, Jessica. 
Um, well, we're really enjoying. So right now, we're loving the fact that we have the restaurant that's successful. We so everything we've been learning. This is kind of our culmination. We have a staff that is amazing. They're bringing things to the table, which is helping with growth. And they're actually freeing us up to be able to continue to evolve our brand. You know, I think you can easily kind of get stuck and, and the restaurant could be the biggest distraction and we can keep doing and being distraction, you know, for 20 years more. So we're like, okay, if we want to keep growing this brand, you know, we so believe in what we're doing. So we want to have as much impact as possible. So now we're, um, we're taking off with our potions, which has been an amazing journey. Um, and continuing to bring community together. And what I love seeing is seeing the response through other people's eyes. Like sometimes I'm like, is this enough? Is this what I should be doing? And then when I see how people respond to us, respond to the potions, how they support what we're doing, it reminds me again and again, I'm exactly where I need to be and exactly doing what I need to be doing. And with my sisters, like it's such a crazy path and it's just continues to evolve. So I think allowing ourselves to evolve has been it is scary like most people don't do that they don't open a restaurant and then switch gears and then switch gears again and then switch gears again but it we've actually proven that it works and that authenticity makes it work well just kind of reflect on what you were saying uh we need we only have so much bandwidth we're only given so much bandwidth so if we want to evolve we need to be able to kind of get away from whatever it is that's taking up all of our bandwidth so when you let people come in and grow with you and to take and you can relief you know, release some of that responsibility and give that responsibility to other people coming on who want to contribute that frees you up to then redirect your attention to what you want to become who and like it takes energy to division to, to dream it's a big part of your your your, your the, the the brain is a, a powerhouse it takes it up is. a lot of energy right to be able to so you need to be still you need to have that time that's kind of what i'm hearing from you is like the absolutely big, the big lessons you know uh delegate and, and let your team grow into the roles that you used to fill so you can go on and focus on growing the brand and going on to better things it's kind of what i'm getting away from, from oh, that um do you want to add anything do, am i cutting you short no that's bad i love the, how i had this little uh, situation <laughs> where i can move the mic around totally. well one thing i was gonna say is you know it what's been interesting about being in the same town for 20 years is people have grown up with us so people who went on their first dates or met at trilogy are now bringing their families here and so for me that's been really cool to see because i hear stories of that all the time like they'll bring their kids and be like oh mom and dad are met at our met at your first restaurant and so um that's been really neat being in the same town for 20 years Awesome. Yeah. So any anything from Jill before we kind of start to wrap up the free-flowing portion no, of the conversation? No, I mean, I would just say, I mean, you know, even though it's like we're successful and, and I feel like we're such a success, it's still, we still have our really hard days. We, we still have our slow weeks where we're like, where is everybody? I mean, it's still challenging. Danny Meyer still has hard days, you I'm know, sure. You know, exactly. Like have, Does he? I'm sure he does. <laughs> the thing is, is like, but it keeps it interesting and it keeps us like humble and it keeps it authentic like some days when it feels really hard it's I want to give up or why am I doing this or what is it all for what does it all mean and I know we all go through that and I don't care what it is that we're doing when you're doing something with passion it's like you get to a point where you question it and then you dig in deeper and so I feel like 
the restaurant business has been such a playground for me to just continue to dig deeper. And as much as I freaking hate it sometimes, <laughs> and I, I say that lightly because it's not like it's like it always comes out the other side with these beautiful lessons. And like Jessica was saying, it's like it's how we've learned about each other. It's how we've learned about ourselves. And I feel like we've invited that in other people because they've watched us like stumble and fall fall flat on our face like move direction like pivot the other way and you know and and then like thrive you know and so it's been such an interesting journey and I really wouldn't change anything about it you know so this is one question I want to start asking all my guests the mission statement of Restaurant Unstoppable is to inspire empower and transform the industry so how have you transformed go starting with uh Jennifer, sorry. Um, what's what's one way you've transformed over the past twenty years? Oh goodness. Um, I think I really just, you know, I'm a pretty quiet in, um, introvert, and so being at Shine really allows me to be an extrovert and be around people and working. Like I work so close with our staff, and I'm always talking to tables, and so I realize that there's like that's the yin and yang of me. Um, my yin is totally my home life and my yang is being at work and I like that balance. And so, um, yeah. Awesome. What do you got, Joe? So I think being the, the middle sister of the three of us, it's like I feel like for a long time I would always just agree to or play along kind of thing. And I feel like the past 20 years, you know, we talk about shine and bring your own unique self. And it's like, that's been my work and my lesson here. And, you know, I continue to, to find more of my own uniqueness. And, you know, like I'm 45 years old, we're 45 years old, and I became a dance teacher at 42. And, you know, that like is something I don't think I ever would have had the courage to do if I didn't have the restaurant. Like, it keeps me um, reminding myself to keep showing up in my own unique self and to have the courage to just dream big. Beautiful. And what do we have, Jessica? So for me, the firstborn, I think I always had the feeling that I had to get it right or had to take care of everything or everything. How much older are you? I'm four minutes from Jill and eight from Jen. Big difference. (laughs) Never let them I'm the youngest of the three. Yes. (laughs) And I think being in the restaurant business has really taught me how to let things get messy and be okay with it and not like feel this sense of like, that was wrong or that shouldn't have happened or that's embarrassing. It, it just was. It just was and yeah. we're fine. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. One more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. So this probably does not come as a surprise to you, but as you can imagine, I look at a lot of restaurant websites because I'm constantly researching my next guest, successful restaurateurs, and you'd be surprised how many of those people have bento box websites. I mean, I almost know instantly when looking at these websites because they're always so stunning and they always check every box, everything that a good restaurant website should have. These websites have them, and it's because they're going to Bento Box to get the work done. And not only will Bento Box leave a lasting impression with your guests, but Bento Box websites come with hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online. With Bento Box, you can easily update menus, promote events, share press, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and book private events directly from your website. Bento Box puts you in control so you can focus on what matters most, your restaurant. Bring your restaurant hospitality online with bento box by signing up today at get 
bento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. If you're sick of paying multiple vendors and services to outfit your restaurant needs only to deal with the frustrations of technology that's clunky and void of that seamless experience that you so need, then you've got to check out Restaurant 365, a cloud-based restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, food and beverage vendors, and banks. With Restaurant 365, you'll have real-time reporting and analysis to make the best and most data-driven decisions. No more guessing. Other features include detailed daily and labor data from your POS system, accounts payable automation, automated bank reconciliation, incorporated inventory management with guidance on reducing your food costs, and scheduling features to reduce labor costs and engage your employees, all saving you time, money, and headaches. Take action today and find out how Restaurant 365 is saving restaurant owners up to 5% on prime costs that's awesome head over to restaurant 365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30 percent off implementation and get a free inventory build within the system a value of 5k all right we're back and the first question i have for you is what is your it factor a habit a trait a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success authentic authenticity authenticity and like letting like the place evolve on its own like people bringing their their shine i love it what is your biggest weakness i would say our biggest weakness is taking things personally taking things personally yeah we do we're we're, we take things personally (laughs) what is one very hard on the business what is one question you ask or thing you look for when you're growing your team when you're hiring passion how do you know somebody has passion well, I think, I mean, I think t- talking to so many people after 20 years, you get a good sense, like, if they really care about what they're going to do or if they're just kind of talking the talk. Yeah. Um, so, and, gonna, and, yeah. and where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? I love this question because sometimes they answer and I'm like, no freaking way. And sometimes they answer and I'm like, oh, my God, we're on this road together. <laughs> nice. so, yeah. I love it. Uh, what is one of your biggest challenges today? I think when it comes to the restaurant business, the biggest challenge is, is you never know how many butts you're going to get in the seat. How do you plan? <laughs> yeah. How are you guys dealing with that? We have to be quick thinking on our feet. We have to always have money in the bank account. Strategic. And we have to be strategic and, 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 and really watch the trends. Awesome. Uh, share one code of conduct or behavior, a core value that you teach your team, a way to be, a way to act. Respect each other. I love it. And just kindness and communication. So key in this industry with each other, with our, with people that are coming into the restaurant. What is one level of, or sorry, one non-standard service that you teach your team? Or sorry, what is one uncommon standard of service? I've only asked this question like 600 times. Uh, what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team to be uh, just better at what they do, like to, to serve the, the guests better? Something that's common within your four walls, but not common within the industry. We really teach them to tap into who's coming into the restaurant in, in terms of paying attention to how they feel as opposed to just being the same with every customer because sometimes customers really want to talk and sometimes they don't want to talk at all. And the potions is an invitation to do that. So when someone says, oh, what's your favorite potion? They're instructed to say, 
well, how are you feeling? And all of a sudden, the customer has to tap in. And that's what we invite is people to tap in. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, what is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner? I mean, I, re- I love restaurant books. I love reading restaurant books. But um, I think I love them because I could just uh, relate to them. But I wouldn't say that those are the books that... I mean, I love the book Untethered Soul, and that book is not about restaurants in particular, but it's about being human. And I think humanness comes out in so many forms in the restaurant, hard to hide. What was the biggest lesson from that book? Really how we can insulate ourselves to not bump up against other people or circumstances, but in the bumping up actually is where the growth is and where we evolve. And so that in turn shows us who we are and who we want to become. And I think it's so important we let ourselves bump up in this restaurant business is such an opportunity for that awesome and you can't forget eat drink shine inspiration from our kitchen gluten-free and paleo friendly recipes from the blissful sisters that's you guys i'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well your cookbook there you go thank you so much (laughs) no problem i'll I'll give you the selfish plug for you uh so the uh next question what is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well enough or often enough Take care of themselves. <laughs> I think one. that balance is huge, and I think this industry is known for you know drinking and twenty four seven. And we take care of ourselves; we're better at it. What's one technology you've adopted that's had a huge impact on your operation? I think Open Table has been amazing. Talking yeah. about Danny Meyer, I love it. It's just it keeps everything so organized, and so um, I love that technology. What's one feature of Open Table that you think you leverage more than maybe the, the next person does? Um, I think I love actually seeing how many times a customer has come in um, or see if they have any notes, you know, specific notes for us or anything or if there's been any occasions. So I love looking at the back end or even looking how long, like if I'm not here, how long tables have been sitting for to see like how the flow of the restaurant is going. So, yeah. And even if they're local or out of towners, which is really cool to see, oh, we still have like 60 percent locals coming in, but the out of towners are still coming. Even though we're not right downtown, it's it's got a lot of cool features. Awesome. Great stuff. And this is the last question. It's a doozy, so get ready for it. Uh, if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your restaurants would be gone with your departure, with the exception of three things that you can leave behind, three things you know to be true about your, your success, or three things you want to tie to your legacy. What would those three things be? Maybe each one of you give one. I don't know how you want to handle this. For me, the biggest one, I would want people when they think about Shine or Trilogy to think about connection and community. I know that's two things, but those are two things <laughs> that are really important thing. that I'd connection, want. Yeah, they're, it's, it's they're all tied, two, it's tied two, together. Too similar. <laughs> and I want, would want people to remember, you know, our tagline is tap into your magic. Like all of us, there will never be anyone like us. There will never be someone like us again. So really showing who we are to the world is 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 a must. Yes. And the last, but not I think, least, um, you know, feed people to their heart, you know, food, food could open up a heart. And so I love feeding people. Well, beautiful. I have loved this conversation. Thank you Thank so you. much for welcoming me to Thank your restaurant. You, uh, you guys were a blast. We wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. I'm in the Denver Boulder area for a couple more weeks. Who is somebody you guys respect and admire and think is doing it right in Denver or Boulder? Call them out uh, to be a future guest on the show. I really um, admire Eric Skoken. He owns a couple of restaurants downtown. He has his own farm. I think his food's creative and delicious. And I just think he's really doing it right. And I also think he's, he's humble and 
So I, I would that's, shout out that's to That's a good one. Eric, look out. I'm coming after you. Great name, by the way. And I'll let the folks at home know how can we connect with you uh, if we want to come join your team we want to learn more about w- restaurants in the wellness vertical shineboulder.com uh, and you could also reach out to sisters at shineboulder.com and that'll come directly to us and we love to hear from people for sure awesome and I just want to say one thing I think it's so important to support local businesses I think it's a dying art and my sisters and I are so committed to giving Boulder a local business that serves real food to real people and so just wherever you are support your local businesses beautiful awesome stuff and uh this is episode 654 head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 654 i'll have a summary of today's discussion as well as a link to any tool service book recommended and just again thank you guys so much uh there is no question all three of you are unstoppable <laughs> cheers thank so you. are you eric thank, thank you, you. Cheers. <laughs> All right. There's another one in the archive here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Thank you so much to today's guest mentor for sharing your story, your knowledge, and your guidance. We are all better because of it. And ladies and gentlemen, I need to let you know that Jared and I are back on the road beginning September through November. We're going to be hitting up Denver, Colorado, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, pretty much anywhere and everywhere in between. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you know of a mentor that needs to be made an example of a, a restaurateur doing it right, please put them on my radar. Hit me up, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com, Instagram, Twitter, at Eric Cacciatore, Facebook slash Restaurant Unstoppable. Also, we're looking for crash pads. So if you have a spare bedroom or you have an Airbnb that you want to let Jared and I use to uh, you know, live this mission of transforming the industry, we could use your support and thank you in advance. You know how to get in touch with me. Again, that's eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Peace.